Hello everyone and welcome to your uncle's beach house episode 24. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by Em as usual. Gundam time! It's Gundam time. It's time to talk about Gundam. That's not true. Uh, it's time to talk about anime. This time... Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that Gundam is anime Janai? Anime Janai is, uh, yeah, it's not anime, it's true. Uh, it's been a long time since that's been the case. <laughs> oh, in many ways. Um... But it's time to talk about an anime movie. Someone has asked us to watch an anime movie. Yeah, uh, Nick, who is a listener and uh, someone who hangs out in the Discord, requested that we watch the uh, 2012 anime film Wolf Children, uh, which is directed by Mamoru Hosoda and is written by Hosoda and Satoko Okudera. Um, and like I said, it came out in 2012. And uh, it, it, it was really nice serendipity because uh, last year, maybe, I bought this, like, four-pack of Hasoda films. Uh, it was all the big ones before Mirai. Um, and uh, I'd been working through them, and next up was Wolf Children. So, you know, Mazel Tov. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we watched it. We're here to talk about it. There's not much, there's not much other, like, you know, don't have much... Um, opening material i guess we can get get to the movie yeah do you want to summarize the movie briefly yeah i'll briefly summarize the plot of the movie this might be the shortest plot summary ever uh, but i will do my best uh wolf children is about a woman named hana who falls in love with a werewolf man and the werewolf man's like i can turn into a wolf do you still love me and hana's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> uh, the answer is yes you are a hot wolf man <laughs> Uh, and uh, they have a beautiful relationship, and they have some children, uh, two children, Yuki and Ami. Uh, and um, one day after Ami is born, uh, the wolf, uh, the wolf dies. He's like killed trying to hunt, uh, but he's in the city and falls into like a river and taken away. And uh, this single human mother has to raise two uh, werewolf children. And uh, she does for the rest of the movie. The first half, they're kind of young. It's all about how do you raise kids while also trying to hide that they're wolves from the world. Uh, So she moves to the country, uh, tries to like grow her own vegetables in a uh, remote village on a mountain and uh, connects with some of the people there. Uh, Yuki is like really into being a wolf. Is really active at all times, running around everywhere. Uh, Ami is uh, the the lad is a bit bit shyer. Doesn't doesn't love publicly being a wolf so much. Um, and then eventually there's like a time skip as uh, they start to grow up. Uh, and Yuki uh, goes to school. Um, starts learning to like be more proper i guess gender falls on her head um as uh she goes to school learns to fit in uh meets a boy uh they have like a weird relationship where she hurts him and, and he like keeps secret the fact that uh she can turn to a wolf and she's like yeah i knew i knew you could turn to a wolf the whole time because you turn to a wolf and you slash my face open <laughs> but i'm a nice boy and so uh, that's her arc. Meanwhile, Ami uh, start, kind of drops out of school, stops going, keeps going to like, um, initially starts going to like the place where uh, the mum starts working, this like nature conservatory, the zoo. Um, I think it's actually just, uh, I think it's just actually a real zoo. It's not like a conservatory or anything. It is. No, it's a conservatory because they don't have that many, wi- they only have that one because yeah. they had to take it in. It is like, it is like the like ecological center of this region. 
he starts going there more, exploring uh, animals. Eventually, he just starts, instead of going uh, to there, he starts going to the source. And he meets a wolf on a mountain, and this wolf, like, trains him in being a wolf. And uh, um, It's a fox. Jackson's a fox. It's not a is wolf. Is it a fox? Okay. Not a wolf. That's true. That that one's a fox. That's just me forgetting the plot of the movie. Yes, that was a fox on the mountain. He's like he's like the guy, the, the big animal in charge of this area, of the mountain. And uh, as the movie progresses, this, this uh, wolf gets old and is hurt in an accident, and he's like, um, "Yo, this wolf, this uh, this fox is gonna die. Uh, we need some kind of strong dog on this mountain to guard it, and that's gonna be me. I know I'm ten years old, but I'm a wolf. I'm an adult wolf, so you gotta deal with that, mum. And uh, the mum spends twenty minutes extremely not dealing with it. Uh, and um, eventually uh, learns to accept that this is the ways of wolf children and uh, is very happy eventually as she lets him go and looks to the sky as this wolf bounds up the mountain. And uh, those, are the, those are the two plots. Um, Yuki learns to be a, a teenage girl having awkward relationships at school and Ami learns to be a wolf on a mountain and ha- uh, Hana le- lives happily ever after alone with the driver's license of her dead husband. The end. Uh, you make it sound so bad when you say it like that. <laughs> I have some thoughts about the end of this movie. Well, let's let's go through it. So, the first thing, it's narrated by, um, by Yuki, talking about, like, oh, this is the story of when my mother fell in love with my father. Um... And it's really funny because if these, if this movie came out in 2012 and the girl at, at most, like Yuki at her oldest is like, what, like 10 maybe? Yeah. Which means that her parents got together in like 2001. Um, but this is presented as if like the director's, you know, up in years, uh, had like met someone, like what a romance would be like in like the eighties, but like pointing back to like the seventies where like, mm-hmm. she's this very buttoned down woman going to school, going to get a career. And he's just like this weird drifter. Uh, and she's very enchanted by this rugged drifter guy who w- walks around in, uh, sandals and like picks kids up when they fall over in front of him and is very like mysterious and, uh, you know, doesn't have any I- like identification or isn't re- registered in the class and she sneaks him into places uh which is weird because he does have identification we find out obviously because the driver's <laughs> license is there but it, it's treated like he's a non-person like he's john connor terminator 3 um and it's very funny because in 2001 this guy's like a beach bum wearing like puka shell necklaces <laughs> but the movie yes. doesn't present it like that yes now the um the stuff with uh him definitely feels very old in a way that I was yes. like, wait, is this movie set in like the eighties or something? And no, it's not. No. Um, it I, mean, I guess it's not really specific at all. Like, I guess it could be, but it doesn't seem like it is. I I don't actually know. Since, since she moves, since she lives in a shitty apartment, and then moves to like the dilapidated countryside. It could take place anywhere between like nineteen fifty and now. <laughs> that is true. Um, like, there's no internet. No one talks about that stuff. Yeah. I feel like the only thing dating it are, like, the designs of the cars and yeah. some of the fashion. Yeah, like, it's not like Summer Wars where you're like, oh, this is the aughts. <laughs> yes, right. Right, because, like, Persona makes, has made, until this point, movies that are extremely situated in the aughts. Yes. 
Um, and th- I just think that's just saying. But then, yeah, she finds so the drifter like almost dumps her. And then he comes in. He's like, "We, we, I have something to show you, and I think you won't like me anymore." And the transformation is amazing <laughs> because he's like a hot drifter guy, and then turns into a hot wolf man, and not like an. It doesn't show him as like an actual wolf until he's dead. He just turns into like a wolf face, and he just looks like everyone's furry avatars on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm like, one. "Yo, you're just a hot wolf man." <laughs> Oh, will she love me knowing my terrible secret and I, uh, that I am a hot wolf man? And to the movie's credit, like immediately cuts to her fucking the hot wolf man. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, she's like, uh, yes, I will live with your terrible secret. Please fuck me, hot wolf man. <laughs> just, just an incredible montage of them fucking and living together and having kids and living their life, and it's really good. Um, and then he dies. Uh, and it's worth pointing out that he it seemingly dies. It's not like explicit, but it looks like he is trying to catch a kingfisher, which is the thing that Ame is trying to catch when yes. he falls in the river as a kid, which is what turns, like, feeling the predator impulse for the first time is what turns him from the shy boy into the one who's going to go out and eventually, like, live in the wild as a wolf full-time, um, which is good. Um, movie does not, like, belabor that point, but I do think it's interesting the way it's paralleled. Also, because when he's a wolf, at the end, he looks just like his dad. <laughs> Literally the same design. <laughs> yes. Same hair and everything. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so the first half of the movie is just like what it's like to be a single mom and like struggling through it, uh, and how difficult that is. Like, even if you take out the like wolf conceit, like it's mostly just like she has to take care of the kids. She doesn't have money for a bit. Ba- she can't get a babysitter because, you know, they're wolf children. So she has to do it all herself. Uh, which is just like, you know, a, a poor person can't hire nannies or babysitters or daycare. Uh, just gotta do it herself. And because she does that, she has to quit her job and they're living on the savings that the husband left. And, uh, that's dwindling. And everyone hears these kids running around at all hours of the night and howling or whatever. So they get kicked out of their apartment for animal noises and child protective services comes, uh, knocking because they're like, uh, your kids seem very rowdy and we never see them go to school or anything. So we don't know if they're okay or not. And because Japan, they don't like arrest her. They just try to get in the door and she slams it shut on them. And they never follow up again. Yes, which is extremely a plot that will only work uh, in Japan, I think. Uh, That is not how that would be here. Uh, They would take those kids from her immediately. Uh, That's not necessarily true. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. As like as someone who uh, knows people who work closer with those services, uh, actually getting them to take kids away is really hard um, in ways that are, you know, like they yeah. will, they will fucking like you know they'll come in and they'll fuck people up, but not the right people, right? Like yeah, that's true. I, I feel this. like they would have gotten a cop to open the door for them in America, though. <laughs> that is possibly true, but um, yeah, my mom has definitely struggled getting like obviously abused children any kind of notice, whereas obviously some yeah, uh, immigrants and black children are always under the th- this threat. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, and then they move to the countryside where they're just giving houses away, seemingly. <laughs> Not seemingly, they are. <laughs> yeah, they basically are just giving, they're like, uh, yeah, they're all like run down and shit. And uh, people like old people reti- t- go to retire here so they can live off the land and live out their like farming fantasies. And they think it sucks because it sucks out here. <laughs> and so they don't stay. So these houses just fall into disrepair. And, you know, all our kids go and leave to the city because why would you want to live here? So it's just like a bunch of middle-aged people, a couple young moms that like still believe in like living out here or whatever. Uh, but there's like no one around for miles. It's like, yeah, here we go. We can run around. Um, 
And this is like some of the like best animated stuff to me because there's yes. this huge montage which is cleaning up the house and the kids are just running around and Yuki specifically really likes being like her wolf form, which facilitates between like has an animal face and is like full on wolf, but with like Disney hair, um, basically, uh, which is a really good character design, just like running around the way that she transforms, like, you know, just like as she's expressing or in transitions as she's like, you know, rolling or jumping or climbing on something is all very good. Uh, this is an incredible looking movie. Yep. Um, this stuff in particular is fantastic. Like, like the whole first half of the movie is basically uses the wolf transformations as this really interesting, just visual expression of being a kid. Yes. Um, like, you know, the, the rip up all the, uh, the stuff in the furniture and then sit around like a like a wolf's like wasn't me um just stuff like that that are just clear just this is what babies do but animated in a cute dog way and not um not like a baby throwing up everywhere like it just it allows them to be more expressive with the energy and bounding about uh that making them wolves does yeah but it's just a it's just about that there's no like remove to what the story's about yeah for uh, sure it's just about kids and then she, uh, Hana gets established, you know, she's trying to farm because they're running low on money and everyone tells her the soil's not going to support crops. And even if it does, animals will come and take it. Uh, but Yuki has scared all the animals off of their land because she is a bully wolf girl. Um, and you know, the farmer, the old, ma- the old grumpy old man farmer comes and helps her and teaches her how to plant potatoes and it's enough potatoes. He tells her to plant extra. And she's like, I don't need to plant two fields. And she does. And then she has extras. She gives them to people around the town and they give her stuff in return. Uh, cause all their crops were hurt by the animals that, you know, Yuki drove off of their <laughs> land. Um, and so she survives that first year and, you know, forms a community with these people. And this is the point where I'm like, I don't think the movie's going to do this, but I think it would be great if all these like old farmer people were also animal people. Um, because we're given no real like conception of why the the father was a wolf man he doesn't have a name he's just like the father or whatever but um he's like there's a bit when he first transforms she's like this is where, where hana learned that uh it's not like in the movies where you can't control turning into a werewolf and you just eat people it's way more like you know you just get emotional and you turn more animalistic or whatever and you can control it you're still a person um and then when she gets in the with wilderness, there's this bit where like the old people are making this big show of like, ah, you don't you don't want to live here. Uh, animals have reclaimed everything around here. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be like a Palm Poco situation or like the animals are all pretending to be people out in the wilderness just trying to live their lives is like in the middle of these two things. It's not uh, that. It is not. It is unfortunately not that. In fact, there's a lot of things in this section that like feel like they're going to be the like thematic center of the movie and just aren't. Yeah. Um. Like, there's that stuff, there's the relationship with the older farmer, and he's like, why are you a fucking Miyazaki protagonist? I hate this! Stop yeah, smiling! Yeah, because Hana's whole thing, when she meets the wolf guy, he's like, you're so cheerful. She's like, my father always told me if I smiled through anything, even if I had to force it, uh, it I could survive anything. And so she is relentlessly cheerful in the face of incredible adversity, um, and this old man, it just pisses him off. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, is this movie going to be, like, about that? in terms of how anime like women are presented and no no it just goes away after the middle part no but it really Um, it gestures towards that as like being a key component of like because it's like a story about motherhood and like a child reflecting on the sacrifices that her mom made to raise her and her brother right like but that that like narration and point of view stuff just drifts away from them after the big time skip 
Yeah. So there's the in the movies. I I would say best scene. I don't know if you agree, um, but uh, the like this period kind of comes to an end. Um, right before uh, Army Hunt, Hunt the Kingfisher, there's this amazing scene where they're like running around and they all like fall down a snow mountain. Yes. Um, just, just like this huge emotional climax, and like not plot wise, but just all you know, the two the two wolf kids running down the snowy mountain, uh, Hannah herself running behind them and just falling because she's a person. Yes, um, uh, she does. She very- does tumble into a sick like snowboarding slide though. Yep, uh, and it's all like set to the soundtrack. Like all the sound effects are, uh, aren't there; it's just all music. Um, it's it's an incredible scene, uh, and then. Army falls in while them um, trying to hunt the kingfisher. Ah, uh, big panic moment! Or oh, is he going to die? And I'm, I don't, I don't think he's going to die. I don't think this, that's what the movie's going to do. He's fine. Uh, and uh, then there's a bit of a time skip, not like a huge one. So it's not actually a, technically a big time skip because this time keeps skipping, but it feels like the time skip. Yeah, because it's it is, when it is, the it movie is from, changes. It is from the first snow to it's spring now, and the kids are going off to school. But that is like that, like four months or however long that is, feels like it is a lifetime because the kids are older suddenly, and they are like they are presented differently, and the school stuff then like rockets ahead like almost instantly, like three years. So yeah. Like there's a bigger time skip shortly after um the, the stuff with the boy in um Yuki's class begins, like which I guess is more the time skip, but it's yeah it's when the movie starts being about raising two wolf toddlers and about teens uh, about kids going to school, well yeah and growing into teens. Uh, Yuki's year older, so she goes to school first, and she has this problem where she's like a jock goth girl because she's lived in the woods her entire life, and all the other girls are anime girls who like bows and hair ties and dresses, and she comes in with her like, you know she's amazing at track because she's a wolf girl and she collects like animal skulls she finds in the woods and none of them know what to do with that and uh because in groups and out groups are a very real thing uh she's like oh i need my mom to make me a dress i need to act like a normal girl uh so i'm just gonna try to fit in and that's when the time skip happens and that's when the boy shows up uh when she's already like established as like she's just one of the girls and he comes in and immediately is like why do you smell like dog (laughs) (laughs) yep and so she avoids him for uh, about three months or, yes. you know, a, a ambiguous period of time, not like a year or anything, but definitely a while. As mm-hmm. he's like, why are you ignoring me? I just said you smell like dog. Yeah. Um, and uh, this like montage of him trying to reach out to her continues and he just keeps hounding her. And uh, she's like, go away, go away, go away, leave me alone, go away. Uh, and eventually... Uh, like slaps him, but uh, turns into a wolf. As she does say so. Uh, the side of his face is just fucked. Um, luckily, he is not permanently damaged. Otherwise, the plot of this movie would be a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he does. She does scar him on his ear. Yeah. Uh, uh, the thing about this stuff, uh, all of the Yuki stuff is, uh, as you said, uh, gender falls on this movie uh, like a ton of bricks because like so of much bricks. of this is like. It's like the it's like the end of Chronicles of Narnia, right? Where like you're like, whatever happened to Susan? It's like, oh, Susan got into boys and lipstick, and she's going to hell now. 
Uh, and this movie doesn't go that far, but it's not unlike that in that, like, suddenly she has lost the thing that makes her, like, special and free because now she's not turning into a wolf anymore and she's really, like, a good girl who fits in and wears dresses and doesn't cause any trouble, except for this one time she mauls this boy for following her too much because he saw that she was not like other girls and she could not handle that. Um, which is, yep. like, just, like, it's, it's stock, like, romance dynamics, but in this movie, it just ends up feeling like she gets saddled with the, the burden of being like female in a way that is like oppressive and like uncommented upon. Um, because the movie just then veers into like, Oh, it's sweet that he, uh, like he knew she was the wolf and who mauled him or whatever. And he's okay with that. And they're going to be friends and you know, maybe there'll be romance someday, just like what happened with, uh, his mom or her mom and father. Um, but it, it, that's it. Like, there's no unpacking. There's no talking about that dynamic. And when it's contrasted with Ame's story, it just, like, feels so constrictive to put on her. Yeah. So, like, when it first started happening, I was like, oh, this is clearly intentionally, like, you know, the things we do to kids, right? Like, society falls on kids, mm-hmm. and it's the cruelest thing we can do to them. Uh, and I just, well, I assumed that was all intentional at the start of this plot, because it came out of like so nowhere and it and it just wasn't like so when the movie began literally the second that uh, yuki started running around that army was like oh i don't like mean wolves uh, i was like oh this movie's gonna end with him as a wolf and her as a girl like just no you know i've been to a screenwriting class type situation yes um, and uh it was kind of a bummer just how true that was like I think the emotional content's mostly good. I really like the characters of the first half thing amazing. Like I, I care about everything that's going on, but I do think the plot ends up kinda, you know, letting everyone down um in what they are allowed to do and what the movie ends up talking about. Uh especially with how much I like like all these people, right? Like it watching her just have a relationship and her tension is all can I rev- can I reveal to the nice boy that I'm a that I'm a wolf girl? And um, once again, like the start of the movie, nobody's going to be disappointed when you're a wolf. Like, this is just the law of storytelling. No one's ever disappointed by that. So it's, an, it's a non-tension in the first place. Um, and the part where, like, it's never portrayed as, like, um, anything other than just her choice that she's uh, leaving being a wolf behind, right? Well, I mean, it's weird because there's, like, Lip service painted the idea that wolves are, like, presented as predators in fiction. Like, Ame grows up reading these children's books. He's like, why is the wolf always the bad guy? I don't understand. Um, But literally, Yuki, like, basically transforms in front of people in the village, and they just don't want to see it, so they don't see it. They're like, oh, why is the... You got a dog. It's like a weird wolf mix breed, uh, and it's wearing the exact same outfit Yuki is. Isn't that cute? Like, just unfazed. Like, there's no stakes here presented. Like, the only stake that this movie ever had was the bit where their father fell into the river, right? Like, it's not like he was hunted down by people who saw there was a wolf and shot him. Like, it seems like he went for a bird and fell into the river and drowned, and that was it. Um, Which is so differently framed than if it was like, yeah, if they find out, they're going to, like, take you away. And they say that, but, like, I I don't believe it, really. They don't even really say that, right? They just—it's kind of—it's like just gestured that because this is the plot of these movies, which is why the thing where like are all these are all these old people going to be animals seems so likely because at that point the metaphor isn't like one of the oppression of wolf children; it's one of no, everyone has children. You just have to talk to other people. Yeah, um, 
Because when wolf children in this movie are just presented as this is a metaphor for raising actual children, do you ask, like, what does them being the only wolf children add to the story? And the answer is not much. Yeah. So it's just why it would have made so much sense. So much of the early stuff is Hannah trying to find any guidance on, like, what should I be doing? I need to find, like, she, when she starts the uh, conservation job, she, like, goes to the wolf they have in captivity and, like, tries to ask it for advice, like, it's going to get up and talk or whatever. And it doesn't because it's just a wild wolf. uh, Or it's, like, just a captive red wolf. It's, like, a zoo wolf uh, that, you know, fell into the conservation uh, department's lap uh, because it got to a private collector and that collector died. Whatever. Um, and it is shown as like, it's just an animal. It's not a wolf person. Uh, but so much of the plot is driven by like, she's reading books on veterinary medicine and pediatrics and trying to figure out how to raise her kids, like in a way that's like helpful for both sides of their life. But she really needs to find another person with this affliction who can explain anything to her once, please, for the love of God. Uh, but then it drops all that. <laughs> And um, the movie wants to gesture to, uh, you know, even though she never got that guidance, she was like a good mom and figured it out. And that stuff's there. But I I feel like the buildup is higher than that payoff is. Like, it seems like it's gesturing towards something that isn't, like, ever resolved. Especially as, like, the thing, she, like, we don't really get any specifics on how she manages that, right? Because it all happens in time skips and montages and she's just trying her best and being plucky all the time. She never gives up. Um, which is why when the, like, grumpy old man was introduced i thought that was going to be like you can't raise children on being a ghibli protagonist alone (laughs) you have to talk to people and build a community and so like that middle part of the movie gestures towards that being what the movie was about and i assumed that the movie was going to be about the mum discovering how to like balance because once those kids come into her life she does nothing but raise those children for 13 years i don't know how old hannah um yuki is by the end of the movie they say 12 she's like mom always told me those 12 years were like a fairy tale and i'm like yeah because she fucking cleaned up after you like cinderella for 12 years and did not she had no personhood in that time She's like, like nothing. Like she raises yeah. the kids, she she cooks and cleans and repairs the house for them and like you know upends her entire life for these children, which is like good parent stuff, right? Like a parent should be hopefully willing to do a good amount of that. But also like in her spare time when her kids are off at school or whatever, like she gets a conservation job so she can talk to this wolf so she can help uh Ame understand what it is to be a wolf or whatever. Uh but none of this is like making friends like she the townspeople help her there's a community built but it's very like transactional she doesn't date like she sits in front of this uh, the the driver license of her of her husband uh, and like you know it's like a shrine uh, but even when the kids are moved out 12 years later like she just sits in front of that makes food for two offers it up as like a thanks to like you know the departed whatever but like there's no gesturing to her moving on she is just a mom who's gonna sit in this big empty house in the middle of fucking nowhere the rest of her life Yep, the that and it's not played as like a tragedy, right? It's not played as well, like it's, oh, it's weird because like the the movie ends on her smiling as she does that, and also like her smiling when Yuki goes off to like live in the dorms in junior high or whatever. Um, and the movie is presented this idea that she's like you know she's a person who will smile even through hardship. Uh, and you could read this stuff as ambiguous, like, oh, is this another thing she's endured for her kids to present as happy when this, like, tragedy has happened to her? But the rest of the accoutrement around the movie, like, the way it's framed and signaled with the score and everything, doesn't have any space for that to be true. 
the, yes, the, the massive triumph of the skull where she's like, we did it, kids! Yeah. <laughs> Which is not really All the give pieces that are there for a movie that's like about the quiet sadness of what it is to have kids and sacrifice right. everything for them. Like, if you just look at like the things that happen on the page and what the like dialogue that is written and what you're seeing on the screen, it's all there, but none of it is like actually like given any sort of scaffolding to be real. Yeah, uh, they just need more plot work with her. Like, I, I so like my frustrations with the back half of the movie's plot are like still, you know, gender happens to everyone. Uh, you know, the the boy finds his hunting impulse and runs off to the woods, and the girl finds her impulse to wear a dress and fit in and dates a boy, and um, and then goes to the con- the plot convenient dorm so she can leave for university the like story equivalent of that uh, but only 12 years in <laughs> i mean she's going to be she's going to be the like weird side character in a different anime that never gets made yeah um who just t- you know what that'd be a good thing in an anime just like a weird side character who sometimes turns into a wolf and no one comments on it <laughs> I, she just claims she can turn into a wolf no one's ever seen her do it no one believes she <laughs> can but she says no i'm a wolf girl and everyone's like oh, yeah whatever so. you're from the country yeah. we get it uh i know what that's like i've been on twitter <laughs> <laughs> um but that the kind of just leaves ame who's the thing with him is like he grows up like this really shy, timid child who's very concerned about what it is to be a wolf, and he's like clinging to his mom, and she takes him with him to work to the conservation place. Uh and so she can like, you know, figure this stuff out. But also like she gains an understanding of the animals of the forest and like the place she lives and like more than just f- like growing potatoes, she learns about like the land they're on and the pe- things that live in the woods and everything. Um and so you'd think that that would make for a very easy transition where, like, when her son goes off to the woods, she's like, oh, right, I am going to interface with your new life every day because while Yuki might have gone off to the dorms to be in a different anime, you're just, like, the wolf that can tell me what's going on in the woods anytime I need help with, like, ah, is there a bear sick? You can just come and tell me. We can go get help for it. But the movie they, doesn't they, present that as true. The movie presents it as, like, circle of life. He has to stalk off and go find, a, like, you right. know, a human lady to have kids with, just like his dad did. Because that's what happens when boys leave the nest. They just fulfill the cycle. The, the movie definitely portrays it as, like, he has gone to the next world or some in- ridiculous thing. Because, like, he can turn back to a human and come back and talk to her for an hour. And then go back to being a wolf on the mountain. Like, there's no view in this movie for the ability for having a relationship with your mother to continue. Yeah. Uh, she just has to look up to the mountain and know that he is there watching over everything. And like, he didn't die. In fact, he just kind of went to a... Like, he didn't even move that far away. He's still on the same mountain and there's no one else on that mountain. It's a fairly empty mountain. There's a few animals there and like some bears and stuff, but it's not like... You know, he he went over to the like the the park. Then next door is all he did. Yeah, um, uh, and it's weird because it's presented as like this fundamental gulf grows between them, but like that's not precipitated by anything. She's not like, don't go out into the woods. I don't like it when you hang out with your fox friend. She's like, oh, I want to go meet them. We can like, you know, we can work on this. I'm encouraging you to go and explore this wolf side. It's good for you to do this uh, because that's part of who you are. Um, and so him walking away just feels like it comes out of nowhere, like. It's not supported by even, like, the father. Like, he was a drifter because he thought he didn't have, like, a support network or whatever. And, you know, he's afraid people would hate him. Uh, Ami doesn't have any of that. Like, he's in a community that, like, likes him, thinks he's a cool kid. He's got a mom that's very supportive. And yet he still feels the need to go and, like, live ruggedly in the woods. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, And especially with, like... 
he's oh, I think it hit like I don't know I'm I'm losing I'm losing my words but uh it, it it's it's weird I I wish that um there was a space for like the ability to be a person who's into more than one thing like in a movie where this is like a metaphor for like you know growing up with multiple heritage or cultures and that that's a fraught metaphor but it definitely gets into it with the like she goes off and embraces her human side he embraces her his wolf side well especially like, when she's like reading books on how to like like about wolves like wild wolves there's definitely this sense of like she's got a child that's like biracial or you know from right. like you know father died and she doesn't know what to do like she's just like the obvious metaphor is an american it's like she's a white lady who doesn't know how black hair works so she needs to read up on how to cut her kids hair is basically what all of her problems are in the first half of this movie and none of that goes anywhere in meaningful other than she just like bravely marches on until she figures out and then her kids grow up and say thanks mom but we're bouncing <laughs> It's it's really strange. So so my uh, reference point is because I'm me, right? Is that when I think about this, I don't think I I didn't think about specifically the um like the actual stories about like mixed race and stuff. I thought about the one step remove. This is whenever there is a Star Trek episode about Wolf trying to be a Klingon, uh, yeah. Wolf trying to be a Klingon. Uh, like it's just those it's just those episodes. That. Those episodes are about that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I that's what I mean. I mean that like when I think about this, I think about like the the version of this in our in like fiction i've seen yeah they're like here's our metaphor for this thing mm-hmm. and i think that even though star trek is also like awkward about it doing it through this lens of metaphor tends to handle it better than this i mean like you think about the rojenkos right and we're just gonna tng tangent for a little bit you think about the yeah, rojenkos okay. <laughs> they're like these these russian like farmers uh and they take in this klingon child they don't know what to do with them and they do their best and it's never perfect it's always kind of a mess uh and it's always tense between them, but like Worf grows up and like interacts with them. He cares for them in his own way. Like they they still communicate in like the way that you do when you're kind of embarrassed by your parents and your parents don't really know how to relate to you because you're very different than them. But the the, the interaction's still there. Like there's no reason to right. dissolve it, right? Like you grew up and had those experiences. Why would you just walk away from all of that? It's so strange, and it, it, it like. And it, at least in, in, in the Star Trek stuff, it understands that it is more interesting to keep that relationship going because growing up is not like a thing that stops, right? Yeah. You, don't, you never succeed at it. Uh, there's always tension. There's always uh, more like things in yourself and the relationship between your parents to explore. So the idea that this movie just like ends on... And, and it was... The, 12 years old. The job is done. Play the victory fanfare. It's, it's also, so weird. Yeah, it's also, it's also because it's not precipitated by anything. Like, there's no big falling out. There's no misunderstanding. Like I said, like, she could go visit him anytime. Um, like, Yuki's a little different because Yuki's just going to dorms. Like, that, that happens. Some kids go off for school and that's fine, whatever. Um, but Ame, you know, bravely striding into the woods like Bambi's dad showing up or whatever <laughs> uh, as he, like, races up to the top of the mountain and howls is so strange as, like, the dramatic climax, like, she's lost her son even. Uh, no. No, she didn't. Why is this the thing? <laughs> There's nothing in the preceding, like, two hours that suggests that this is what happens to wolf children. Like, they all run off. Like, the husband isn't like, ah, oh, yes, I ran away from my parents when I was young and I've been wandering the world ever since. If he had said that, it'd be fine. He's like, this is what happens to wolves. They have to roam and find a new pack when they come of age. Uh, like, it would have tipped your hand at what the ending was, but at least it would make some goddamn sense. 
because then it stops being about will he do that and it becomes about how will hannah handle her actual child that she loves running away at 12 years old yeah Um, it's like oh then then all of her research is like oh if i give him the best home then he won't want to leave and realizing that like grasping at him is the thing that's like not helping and maybe actively pushing him away faster and she has to grapple with that but she doesn't have an internal life she's all like i'm gonna smile through the pain so you don't get any of that anyway yep it, yeah so it's really strange um and just very frustrating because like the like you say we've done like pieces are there for this to have one of 10 different like endings in the back half mm-hmm. uh, there's there's many thing, ways they could have gone with it um, like they, they could have kept it mostly similar and added more texture. They could have changed how they framed it. They could have had everyone in the village be fucking animals, and that would have been amazing too. Yeah. Uh, and instead, it just feels very slight what they do do. And like, we're frustrated about it, but also, like, because of the movie being two hours long and having this weird time skip in the middle, um, no one's really developed in the second. Like, this boy shows up in the Yuki plotline, right? And he is not a person. I'm sorry. He is the most I am like a function in a story ever. Um, well, like, he like when Yuki runs away from me, he's like, "Do you don't do you not like me because I'm a transfer student?" Which is like the thing you do in an anime in like episode two, and in like a thirteen episode show, right? Like right. the idea that like she's going to dislike this boy because he's new doesn't make sense in the context of the movie. Because literally twenty minutes ago, we saw her being new to this place and how everyone accepted her, and it was good, right? Like she had to change a little bit, but like to her, it was good that she like changed a bit and her friends like her and she grew up in a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. And she never questions re- it. <laughs> she never questions it, and that like just the the thing just plays out of the like you know um shape of these romances but so quickly because there's so many other subplots in this movie that you know i don't know really why they like each other other than he he just kind of like when when she mauls his face like you know maybe you can say stuff about not controlling being a wolf she is right to like push back against him he's really hounding her in that scene yeah like He's going above me. He's not just like, oh, why are you shutting yourself up? Open yourself to the world. He's like, why, why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me? He'd be like a really asshole boy. Yeah, um, but also like the third graders. So like, you know, in a, like everyone's everyone's like a weird little shitty child at third grade. I feel well, yeah. like. I, don't um, th- I mean, a, a fictional character as well. So yeah. like, I'm not like canceling this boy. But I did think that the dynamics of that scene are weird in the 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 um emotional content is all on the, like trying to hide being a wolf yeah. and not on the what is it you know there's, there's no question put on the fact that these two are just going to like each other uh when their relationship was just him like really making her uncomfortable yeah and like clearly the intent there is like it's partially because he's fascinated by her because he senses something different about her which is a reflection yep. of hana being interested in their father when she was a student or whatever but the thing with the, the like montage of the like meet cute where she looks at this like hot college guy and is like, Oh, I'm going to go chase after him and ask if we, she wants to study together is such a different context than like transfer student shows up and asks why I smell like a dog and I freak out about it. And now we're going to date, I guess. <laughs> it's so radically different. They, yeah. You're right. They try to draw a parallel thing, but one is like a hot college students, like dating in a seventies movie. Yeah. And what is an anime boy shows up and goes, why are you a dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so- like Robert Redford shows up all rugged in the college class. And of course he's going to be like, yeah, let's get with him. It's a very different thing when, you know, fucking Michael Sarah shows up in your third grade class. 
I'm Michael Cera. Why do you smell like a dog? <laughs> what's, what's up with that? Yeah. And then the, that plot line, like, builds into some stuff about his, uh, that boy's mom, who's, like, like the most mad about him getting hurt. Is like, Hannah, you've got to, you know, pay all our debts. You've all, this is, this is horrible what's happened. You have to take responsibility. Um, and uh, the, the, you know, the boy doesn't really care. Like, he's sad about being hurt, but he's also mostly very, like, the movie plays it, until, like, saves it till the end for the reveal that he knows what's going on, but it's very obvious that he instantly knows what's going on. Yes. And is mostly just, like, confused and sad that he was hurt by his friend who was a wolf who, that he knows now. But also, like, deeply embarrassed that his mom, who is, like, a city lady, is involved in doing her, like, suburban mom shit, right? Like, he's yes. like, yes. like, this is not the play, mom. You're just making me look very uncool here. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, and yeah, so like, and then that like builds into some stuff about like his mom leaves and it's like, oh, she's not gonna come pick me up from the rain. She's remarried and now thinks I'm bad and hates me. And I'm like, okay, like you know, there's something you can, there's stuff there, but it's so like throwaway, right? Yeah, there's um, just a mention that like, oh, she's getting remarried. And like, I'm like, oh, does that mean he's moving away? Is there like a time limit on this? And it's never really addressed. Is that supposed to be like a parallel of like, oh, when your parents get remarried, it's it's like traumatic. Uh, uh, that's why it's good that Hana never got remarried. That's not touched on. That'd be really shitty to do, honestly. But the movie doesn't go there. But it like it like suggests a parallel that doesn't exist. Yeah, and I'm like, is, yeah, because I was like, is it building into that thing? Is it building into like? Oh, this is why, like, in the face of this unique adversity that these children face, the family in Wolf Children is so tight, where, as, like, you know, these regular suburban families are flighty and, you know, which is also loaded in its own way, not necessarily a good way of framing things. But, you know, it's a way you could go. I mean, uh, that's what the movie says, right? Like, he's like, right. all, the old, all the people in this village are like, oh, yeah, all the suburbanites come to want to live in our free houses and realize that it sucks here. Yeah. Um... But the movie doesn't end up actually saying that, like, the fact that this childhood was so difficult and unique for uh, Hana, Ame, and Yuki um, is what makes that family, like, forced to stick together in a way, whereas these other families can just drift apart when it is, like, easy to them. Yeah. Uh, that, that, like I said, that parallels there, but it doesn't really connect it. Yeah, uh, I mean, in like, the text. we watched uh, The Eccentric Family. Like, that's about this stuff. And it's yes. much better about all of it. <laughs> yes. And and that, similarly, I think this movie, even if it kept the same plot, which I'm frustrated with, would have been better as either a 13-episode anime or, more likely, uh, a fucking book. Yeah, no, um, I, the 13-episode anime version of this movie that, like, gets into these, like, fleshes out these parallels, gives Hana way more to do, like, internally. I think that'd be really good. I think it would help a lot because, like... Yes. Like... This is a, a good-looking movie. I like the characters. I wish they had something to do that wasn't the things inflicted upon them by the plot uh, that moves too fast. Um, I, and so I'm just left like, oh, yeah, I really just want more here. Like I, like, I, like I said, I really like the first half when she's just raising kids, but there's so much left on the ground once they get into the countryside. And I'm just left like going like, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I'm like, the first half of this movie is like my favorite Hasoda thing, and the second half is my least favorite Hasoda thing by a long ways. <laughs> the, yeah. To the next Hasoda thing I like, it's it's really it's, it's a huge bummer. Yeah, um, I'm glad I watched it because, like I say, I, I really enjoyed the characters. I didn't, I never stopped caring about the people in the movie because yeah, no, I that, that's a, that that only makes the like frustration with the way things go more right because you're like. 
man, I like all these people and I think you could write more interesting things for them to do. Yeah. Because it's not like, like it's not like I think the movie's bad. It's like, ah, oh, I really didn't want like gender roles to fall on these children and the movie not realize that's what it's doing. Right. So the, um, <clears throat> I mentioned this like while I was watching it. Uh, there's there's an anime called Wandering Sun that I really like, uh, which is a, about uh, a trans kid, and it is fraught in the way that you know uh, just a random anime about a trans kid could be. Uh, but I really like it because I think um, that the stuff it does well is not necessarily about the like specific identity situation going on in the show, but more about the way that at some point gender falls on kids whether they like it or not uh, whether it's like f- from themselves or from just this is what society does to children and in that show it's very intentional how like cr- like it's the cruelest thing we do to think to kids like making them grow up is evil um and so i thought that this show this movie was going to like lean into that uh and it, it, it i'm still i'm still weirded out by the fact that she like brings all her favorite she brings all her favorite things to class right she brings all of her like weird um here's my collection of worms and stuff which uh, and i'm thinking you're like five there's definitely other girls just collecting weird stuff from the garden yeah <laughs> um but whatever we'll ignore that part for now uh, but like overnight she's like make me a dress i'm changing myself completely and that's not that's never engaged with as like something forced upon her or that we should pity or feel sad about yeah uh, like it has a brief moment of like oh but then she fits in and it, it's it's fine like I, the lesson we're meant to take from this is girls wear a dress you'll be pro- more popular it'll make you happier just do it yeah and it's, it's also surprising because like you know this is the movie that Minnesota made after summer wars which is a movie all about like a boy and a girl realizing that trying to be fake is like a huge mistake yes uh, and all like like I really like Summer Wars. It's my favorite Hasada that I've seen, um, and it it handles a lot of this stuff about like family and community and identity much better in like a breezy comedy about nuclear war happening and fighting on the internet. <laughs> yep. Like this movie has all the space to just be about those things and doesn't actually engage with it as much as the movie that has eight other things going on. <laughs> It's it's weird. It's weird. It's just weird. Because, yeah, like, uh, I've seen both those movies, and I, I, I don't like Summer Wars as much as you, but that's partially because I haven't rewatched it, and uh, I was so into Digimon that, like, when I think of Summer Wars, I just think about directly comparing it to Children's War Game at all times yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it. So it's just not really a one-to-one movie experience. I bet I would love it a lot more uh, if I went back and rewatched it. Uh, but both of those, both uh, Summer Wars and Girl Who Leapt Through Time, are, like, really interesting and engaging movies about what it means to grow up and what you lose with that and mm-hmm. what it, like how to express yourself as an authentic person um like girl who left with time's like really sad about that with the way all the like time travel romance ends up going and summer wars is completely about that and all the like weird you know as is every all the family got together for a gathering movie it's just all about the weird different personalities and how you can all still you know relate to each other and that's okay um very like very standard stock form and it it does all that very well but it's just so strange to see none of that be present in this movie when it's the same people it's the same screenwriters um it's not again there's no like change in yeah um and who's making it and the rejection of that stuff in this movie doesn't seem like it's saying anything right like it'd be fine if he wanted to make a movie about like you know if they were sat down like let's write a movie about the other side of this let's look at what it is to like grow up and lose something as opposed to like grow up and realize that you can just be okay with what you have and like embrace it while you have it um 
but the movie outside of like Yuki's narrating platitudes at the end is not about that. Like, you know, as we said, the mom just sits there smiling and who knows what she feels like because she's going to smile anyway. We've established that about her. Um, and there's nothing there. There's like, you know, you have to do the heavy lifting beyond like what is expected. And like, you know, you, you it, is, it is good to read a movie, but a movie needs to give you actual material to read with, not just like gestures towards here's six ideas. I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like it gestures with so many different, possibly interesting ideas, but doesn't develop them. That, that old man dropped out of the movie. <laughs> And he's like, so, like he comes in, he has some interactions with her, and um, suddenly the movie is all about what it means to be an anime protagonist in like a very direct way. And like he comes in, he's kind of rude to her, but she doesn't know what to do. And then there's like a, uh, some other people walk in, like you know, he he does nothing but talk about you. Like you have like enraptured him in a way that's like it's going to be uncomfortable. What's happening here? Are they just going to have like a nice mentorship? Because he doesn't like he's not like coming on to her. It's definitely uh, a bit you know nice than that. It's about the thing she represents to this like old man who has lost a sense of like you know this is not a smile through old man he has clearly gone through some shit and yeah. um but they, so they like don't a- they don't do like the oh, i was here and this was a bustling town everyone left like here's my tragic backstory they don't mr miyagi him they don't do the oh it's it's spring now and oh that old man died before i could ever really thank him like han right. has to go through realizing that like if she doesn't do something about the people near her they'll be gone before she knows it like justify why she might cling to ame too hard as she as he grows up right like none of that's there <laughs> they just drop it entirely he just stops being in the movie, and it, like, sets up multiple different, like, these characters are in opposition, they have, like, they represent different worldviews, and what are, they're nothing, then then there's no next step, they just represent different worldviews, and then they stop being in the movie together. Yeah. Uh, and the movie does that with, like, multiple things, and it's just, it's just, it's very strange and frustrating, because I, um, I feel like both Girl Who Left the Time and Some Wars are, like, even if you don't like them, they're very complete. Yeah. They're very, like, they they have a statement they make it they don't feel like they've left too much on the table and they're like really invested in the interior lives of their characters like so like i think in girls from left time almost to a fault where like the plot starts to fall apart because they're busy exploring like the, this girl's feelings and i think that's great yes. but like formally it gets a little shaky in that bit <laughs> Or would you mean the part where the movie falls apart and you realize, oh, fuck, there's like seven definite rules for this thing. Yes. <laughs> we were having a different movie over here. Yeah, we really just wanted to give you a catharsis, so a lot of other weird, goofy shit's about to happen. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm here for it, because I love this girl. I want her to be okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, like, this movie just isn't interested in the characters that way in a way that's, like, really disappointing. Because, yeah. like, like we've said so many times, like, all of this stuff's here to pick up. They just don't do it. Give Hannah a boyfriend, or not even a boy, like you know, boyfriend. Maybe she like opens up to the community of the pe- all the people in the in the village, and is like able to let them in, let yeah, the people of the give, give her a hobby that's not doing stuff for anything. her kids, like anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's frustrating. I I I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it at least. <laughs> like you know, it's yeah. it's beautiful looking movie. I like all the characters. And it's like you know, I was watching. I was watching it thinking about your name, which is a movie that I is similar to this, and that I also think it is kind of bad, uh, but has the structure of like, you know, uh, here are some characters you like. There is a big dramatic weather event at the end <laughs> that is the big catharsis for all the plot lines in the movie, um, 
and I, I just think that this this movie just does better at investing me in the like emotional content of the characters in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, even if they're both you know relatively uh, empty thematically. Like your name's very similar to me, and I know this is not the going like opinion, but it's very similar to me in that it's about all these things like gender, um, and class, you know, city life versus country life blah blah all these things but i didn't get any insight about that watching the movie other than like vague i don't know why uh certain characters are like oh i mean that's because that movie veers entirely off its right. themes into a star trek episode in the back half <laughs> but but like it's another one that sets things on the table and like you're not gonna be you're not gonna be about that okay i mean i guess you could go do a marvel set piece at the end of this movie whatever fine um but I think this movie has a much better emotional, like, you know, I like everyone in this movie way more than I like the characters in your name. Uh, no one's as nice as, as, like, as Yuki. And, you know, the scene where she's, like, ripping up all the stuff at the start and just like, hey, I'm just going to turn to a wolf and just look cute. It's, they're amazing. They're great scenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, very relatable. Like, she eventually just basically just, like, harks away from Nichijou at a point. But just what if she could be a dog? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is a uh, genius, big brains. I think that's it. Yep. I, I don't. I don't think we have anything else to say. Kind of gone over all the points. Oh, yeah. we're at fifty-one minutes. I, I know we this is. It. I know this is like a because I, I asked the Discord what people thought and uh, a lot of positive opinions about this movie. So apologies Sorry. for uh, you know talking about how we don't think the movie works very well for an hour and also getting like very formalist screenwriting about it. Um, but you know it is our want, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the episode. You got a you you have a degree in this, so you know you're basically an expert. That's true. Everything I learned about screenwriting, I learned from going to fucking university. Uh, and, and you've come home and complained in this you podcast. <laughs> oh, let me. This screenplay would get full marks. Everything I've complained about would be like, put, like you put it on the table and you think, oh, is she going to go to school? Or is she going to be a wolf? No, she goes to school. Is he going to go to school? No, he's going to be a wolf. You've explored themes. They would love it. They would eat this up. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Screenwriting class is really bad. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thank you, Nick, for suggesting this. Uh, I hope yes, you weren't too you. disappointed with the result. As I like, as we both said, there's a lot of stuff we like about this movie that just makes us critique it harder. Um, but, uh, uh, this was a great tr- like. I don't want people to feel bad that like we might not have liked the movie. This has actually been like one of the like, you know, we had a lot to say. We talked 50 minutes. Uh, it's always nice to have a dense episode like that. Um, yeah. Uh, but that'll be it. I think next up is us reading the next four chapters of Phoenix uh, with Rick. Uh, we read volumes one through, or sorry, volumes. We read volumes one through four, six months, six, seven months ago, and it's due for another round. So look forward to that next couple weeks, probably like three or four. I don't know. Um, and if there's other Beach House announcements, they'll be on GGP or um, VoIP Life, you know, depending on what you plunge well, at. Yeah. Well, they'll be on GGP, because if we make them on VoIP Life, we feel bad. I mean, like, oh, we do that's... talk about them on VoIP Life, too. But yes, GGP is where I try to fit them in, for sure. Yes. Um, um, but other than that, Phoenix... it's, it's time for plugs, Jackson. It's true. It's true. Uh, I'm at headfallsoff on Twitter.com. Uh, the podcast we do, abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch of good ones there. Go listen to them. Where are you in and they're an airplane? Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have recorded our episode on The Cat Returns. But it yeah. probably won't be out yet. We'll look forward to that. Yeah. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can support this podcast and all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash mapping. For $1 a month, you get The Great Gundam Project, where we watch Gundam two episodes a week. We are currently watching Gundam Wing. It's been a great time. As a backup show, we're watching Space Runaway Ideon, which has also been a great time. Uh, the anime has been very good to us lately. Um, you know, uh, this week's episode that will have already been out, I get to talk about the anime mistakes I have made in the past week. Uh, and it'll be great. <laughs> Not mistakes. Just depression. <laughs> one one big vast mistake with my time. <laughs> You've loved it. I'm I'm not gonna let you neg yourself about watching anime. Okay. Well, if you want to find out what that's about, you can tune in GGP. <laughs> uh, until then, we'll be back with some manga next time, probably, unless I forgot someone else's <laughs> beach house that fits in between <laughs> the two, which is always possible. Um, it's always possible. Just DM us. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. なかをさすりいつも願った I'm not afraid of the dark.
Your c o o 